honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Strange on Purpose is a show hosted by misfits, entrepreneurs, and creatives. We interview some of the top minds on the planet, highlighting their stories, accomplishments, and deliver it to you in an actionable audio experience. This series is for the humans that don't mind going against the grain in order to achieve their goals. For the people that see the world differently and understand that there are lessons all around us. It's for the misfits, the rebels, the go-getters, and the people that are growing on purpose. What is going on, everyone? So you're listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast this week. I had Nadia Johnson, and we really just dove into like the future and in artificial intelligence, machine learning, virtual reality, all these things that I'm excited about that I rarely ever get to talk about. So super excited about this episode, and I l- hope you loved it as much as I do. And if you did like what you hear, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be rad. Here's the episode. Thank you so much for coming on the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm about to get weird as hell. You know that. I was just animated, but I want to thank you for coming on the show. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So for those that don't know you that are listening, can you explain a little bit who you are, what you do, what you're working on? Sure. So I'm Nadia Johnson. I am founder of Jet Constellations. Jet Constellations is a software company at its core, but we focus on three main things, promoting STEM education in urban communities and functioning as an incubator. And also, we are branding the city of Milwaukee as the Milky Way Tech Hub, the most inclusive tech hub in the nation. Dig it. Yeah. Don't be awkward with me. I'm not that weird. I'm being awkward? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm totally just awkward. (laughs) Um, How'd you get into all that? So, my father... My father introduced me to computer science a long time ago... um, I was uh, the geeky girl in high school, and I was like fidgeting with all sorts of geeky toys, specifically the Rubik's Cube. And he just took a look at me and was like, you might like algorithms and patterns if you really like that Rubik's Cube. And because he had the background in computer science himself, he was able to identify that and sort of urged me to get into computer science. And so... That's how I landed into computer science. And a lot of folks like to think like this was my passion from the start. It was not. I started college as um, an international politics major Mm. and um, ended up in computer science because of the influence of my father. And it's been the best decision, honestly. That's interesting. Did you ever solve the Rubik's Cube? Yeah. How many times? I can't, countless. I can't even. Never solved it. Are you and kidding? It pisses me off. Oh, I can teach you. Please do. Is <laughs> yeah. it like how fast can you solve it? I used to be down to a minute and twenty seconds. What? <laughs> yeah. I've spent like years on one of those things. Oh months. no! Oh. I can definitely teach you. Google didn't exist back then. So. <laughs> so I actually was taught by a young girl um, in my physics class in high school. That's what we did. <laughs> Instead of focus on a teacher, she was teaching me. So I didn't use YouTube, thankfully. <laughs> I had like an actual teacher. So in high school for fun, you solved Rubik's Cubes? Yes, because I'm that kind of nerd. <laughs> so what do you do outside of that? Because I know you're not focused on this full time, correct? Jack Constellations, yeah. I um, 
I also do a lot of other things. So I am an artist, uh, which a lot of folks find a bit peculiar because I have such a technical career path at the moment, but I do consider myself to be an artist. Um, so I work on art and illustrations, um, but they kind of work together because I've used a lot of my illustrations thus far uh, for Jet Constellations, um, even like the, the logo, the sticker that I pass out to everyone at all times of the day um, I created. Um, so I sort of like to merge all of my different hobbies and ventures together. Yeah. Yep. How did you come to terms with that? Because I know that's something that a lot of, at least our listeners, like, struggle with. Like, yo, like, I'm passionate about basketball, but I'm also passionate about, like, frogs. But I'm also passionate about fashion. Like, how did you come to terms with, hey, I like all these different things. This is yeah. how I'm going to combine them. Well, I think it's important to really know what you like. Um, and I knew that from the very beginning before, I knew that I was interested in tech, that I loved art. And... Um, the similarities between being an artist or painter for myself um, and being a computer scientist or a developer is um, the fact that you're creating and you get to see your creations real time. You get mm -hmm. to see your mess ups, you get to see the flaws, and you get to see how you fix it and make it into something great. And so um, I sort of took uh, the, the learnings from art and sort of applied it to um, computer science. The things I learned from being an artist is that it's a process. It's not going to be perfect at first, but it's going to work out. And so just building that endurance um, as an artist, I was able to really apply that um, when I got into computer science. And even now in entrepreneurship, it's just a process. You got to go with the flow sometimes. But yeah, so it all sort of weaves in. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Like for me, like I know like I've done many things. Like I was a writer. Mm -hmm. um, artist i suppose you're a writer i am yeah you are a writer okay that's still cool am. but a musician like out of everything i think that's what shaped me the most like taught me about brand right that's like, right you play the guitar yeah i sing mostly guitar she's like kind of um, like eh. but okay. singing is that was my thing um i don't do it so much anymore i just fiddle around but it taught me so much about okay this is how you get someone to pay you for something that you're doing mm -hmm. this, this is how you like it just taught me so much so mm -hmm. i like that you apply that to what you're doing now. Yes. Um, how do you get more students and young people to look at computer science and um, coding and things like that as yeah. art versus like this thing that you can do to get paid? Right. Um, well, so my main focus has been when it comes to educating young students, specifically in the urban communities, about STEM is introducing them to um, different career paths. Um, and letting them follow their curiosity. Because the thing is that you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I, while my father was, um, you know, a software engineer when I was younger, I didn't pay much attention to it. And so by the time I got to uh, sophomore year in college, I, you know, there were folks in my classroom that had been programming since they were like 12. And I was just like, what is Java? <laughs> so um, that's kind of one of the things that I try to help now with students is just to expose them to as much as possible at a young age. Um, but I'm not going to lie. One of the main things that I ask them is, you know, why did Jesse James rob the bank? Mm. That's where the money is. <laughs> and they always laugh and um, they get it because, you know, you you do want to be able to provide for yourself, right, and choose a skill. Um that will allow you to do so, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you're doing something that you love. So it's all about helping them to 
understand um, what computer science can offer them as a career, but also understanding how they can apply computer science to their passion. So that's why I always tell them, follow your curiosity, because, um, you know, you might like style and fashion, but you can certainly create some form of technology around that, right? You might like food, um, cooking, you might like, you know, gaming, but you know, tech is a threat throughout. So when I open their eyes to that fact, all of a sudden they get really excited about technology. Um, and so it's it's more of helping them to be exposed to as much as possible and then allowing them to sort of create their own path. Mm. And for those that don't know, what is STEM? Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, yes. And oh. I, I've been more focused on STEAM as of late um, which is an addition of art, because I think that is extremely important. Um, and, you know, for reasons that I've already shared, I think that it's just the similarities are um, something worth honing in on. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that combination, that addition. What would you, like, how important is computer science, would you say, to our future? I would say extremely important. Technology, computer science, extremely important. I always say that it's um, it's ever changing and always advancing, and it's um, I think because of that, it's it's worth learning about um, and sort of kind of getting a sense of what it is for folks who never explored. I think that understanding how um, important it is to our future. Um, from finance to education, you name it. Um, I think that you know once you realize that, you see that it's super important to actually educate yourself, at least in um, conversational um, level. Because honestly, it's um, not going to go away anytime soon. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I agree. Like you said it once, like tech. I think tech is forever. Right? Yes, technology is forever, which I yes. totally agree with. Yeah. Um, Going back to, like, again, cavemen, like, what they were creating back then, yes. consider it technology. Yes, um, exactly, exactly. And so we can, we keep, you know, um, creating. I, I firmly believe that humans are creators, right? And um, we're meant to create something beautiful. Um, and um, I, as we continue to create, you can see how technology is just advancing, like, rapidly, almost in a scary way. So I'm very excited about the future of technology, but there's some things that make me slightly frightened to death as well. <laughs> I want to dive into that a little bit. Um, specifically, what makes you frightened. But before that, like, I just, I remember, like, I think two years ago, I read a book. Um, it was What to Think About Machines That Truly Think, I believe. And basically, it, like, took... Um, all of the thought leaders in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and basically ask them, like, yo, do you think a machine can truly think? Mm -hmm. There's some people that's like, yes, this is why. Some people that know, here's why. Some people are like, maybe. I don't fucking know. Like, it's technology, <laughs> right? Um, what do you think? And yeah. maybe, like, what are some things that we can and should do? Just what do you think first? Let's start. <laughs> so your question is, what do I think about uh, the possibilities of artificial intelligence? Yeah. It's, it's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, again, I'm very excited about all of the different possibilities. I mean, I think that, um, you know, when you consider artificial intelligence, there's so many um, applications that can benefit um, the quality of life of humans, right? Um, but then it gets to be a little bit scary or creepy even when you think about how powerful um, these computers and machines can get. Um, 
And, you know, I think I was saying to you earlier, I think that, you know, it's super important to make sure that we're responsible as we're building out um, artificial intelligence. Um, the creepy piece that I've been hearing more and more often is like, um, what do they call it? Artificial general intelligence, AIG, mm -hmm. where um, basically it means that the machine will be able to simulate everything that a, a human can or process in the same way. So it kind of goes back to your original point, like can they actually think, right? Yeah. And so the thing is, is that I don't think that anybody really knows because in the future you can't really predict the future. Um, but just given the research, there are, there are folks right now who strive for that, right? And so I think the question is, and can we, it's not can we or will it happen, but it's um, do we really want that? Yeah. And if we do, how do you regulate it responsibly, right? Um, again, there are so many um, amazing benefits to artificial intelligence, and we work with it um, every day, even if you don't know it, right? You're on Facebook, you see an ad, right? And you wonder, well, I was just talking about that ad, and, or I was just talking about that topic at hand, and all of a sudden you see an ad, right? Artificial intelligence, machine learning models. Um, but at the same time, it, it can get a little weird, right? When, when you start considering privacy, or you start considering yeah. things that... Um, Maybe, you know, uh, I think even around, like, just providing jobs, right? It's like some folks are like, hey, you know, artificial intelligence isn't so great because it's going to take some jobs. And other folks argue, well, yes, but most technology does, right? But it creates yep. better jobs, right? So maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, it would be hard for us to imagine, you know, app developers or, um, you know, car share drivers or something like that. Um, but here we are creating these new jobs, right? So it's just sort of make, making sure that we strike a balance. Um, I do think that it is something though uh, researchers and developers need to uh, make sure that we're considering that we are building artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence responsibly. And I think it's very telling too. I mean, some folks like to completely say like, it's, it's never gonna happen or it's impossible. But if you go on um, even like sites like Google, right? If you, if you go on their Google AI, you'll see um, like on the education tab, I think, it'll have some best practices for AI, yep. right? How to handle or develop AI responsibly. And I don't believe Google does things for no reason. So that's very telling, I think. I agree, and like, it's not gonna slow down. I don't think no. <laughs> anything is ever gonna slow down. No, no. Um, and that's, that's why it gets scary because while we're processing as humans, right? How fast can we process this while the technology is actually, you know, developing? Like how, like uh, we have to make sure that our, um, the way we regulate it, the way we develop re regulations keeps up with the advancing technology. Otherwise it can spiral. Um, I agree. And I think that fear creepy. is like good though. Cause like we don't even understand human intelligence yet. Right. And we're trying to build right. another form of right, intelligence. Right. So having that, mm -hmm. that sense of fear, I agree. Like let's put those safeguards and precautions in place. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to some people today about, um, you know, if it's possible for machines to, um, teach themselves how to, um, empathize or to have emotion. And my initial reaction was like, no, um, one, because there has to be a developer, right, that helps to program that to a certain extent. I mean, machine learning models is literally the nature is the machine continues to learn. So that was one argument. But the fact that, you know, 
we barely understand or can articulate our emotions. It's kind of difficult for me to imagine that um, a machine that we develop can't. So. See, I totally think it's going to be possible. And I think maybe they'll even do it better than us. Like I, for me, like I totally envision a future where like, just like civil rights, just like mm-hmm. LGBTQ, like totally like Android rights. Like I will be the first on the streets, like marching, like, let's do this. Like <laughs> thousand percent. Like, I don't you want to <laughs> fight for the rights of uh, I computers? I will. Because I think like, I don't know. I don't know. That's um, interesting to me. It's just things that I think about a lot. I have a lot of futurist friends and like, I don't know, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. And there is a, I'm not sure if you're like into games at all, mm-hmm. but um, Detroit Become Human. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Super, super interesting concept. Basically, like any decision you make, like completely alters the storyline. Crazy, but it's like oh, okay. um, androids and like fighting for the rights, basically. Like super, super cool and like totally the future that I somewhat envision. Like So, yeah. And I think it's fun, too. And I don't know. I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but I think there is what I want and what I know is possible mm-hmm. and so i personally don't want a world where robots have feelings i'm i have a lot of empathy <laughs> so i don't want to empathize with a robot and be sitting for like 10 minutes like do i pl- unplug this robot or not that seems See, like yeah. that seems crazy off the robot <laughs> right. I like it, like- right i don't want to have to like have feelings um, for a robot and feel bad for a robot or something because there's too many other things going on with humanity right now i don't know if i have the capacity or if we even can afford to have the capacity to empathize with um computers to that extent so I don't know if I want that but what I will say is that um, anything is possible with technology which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited but I'm also fearful right because I mean if you think back way way back right before television and you know if we told um, folks you know thousands of years ago this is what's going to happen in the future they're like it's no way what is a video recorder what is yada yada what is we're never gonna be able to fly an airplane what is that you know but here we are right continually advancing technology improving people wrong so i do think that anything is really possible but um i i sort of hope that's why i just i really hope that we handle it all responsibly because i think when it comes to these regulations and building out AI, I think we need to consider who we are as humans, right? And what we're already struggling with, right? Um, Which is empathy. I think that there's a lot of um, studies that show that humans still um, are are starting to have like a lack of empathy for others. Um, I mean, with just consider like all the mass shootings, right? It used to be a time where you heard and you were like, oh my gosh, but now because it happens all the time. Right, you're a little bit numb, right? And I check myself. Sometimes I hear about it, and then I keep moving. I'm like, no, there was, you know, that happened, right? Um, but because we are, we are becoming numb, I think, like, that's something that we should focus on, right? That figuring out how we can keep artificial intelligence from um, helping that to um, evolve. Because, I mean, like, the less that we interact with each other, I think, less empathetic we can be and that's a problem so we need to consider all of these things that we're dealing with as humans while we're building out artificial intelligence yeah no i agree i agree like i i could totally like like if a ceo was an android like okay or like in government or something right like they don't need resources they don't need to pay themselves more like there's no greed there's no need for greed Mm. like that stuff fascinates me like so if a ceo was 
Android? Like a, a artificial intelligence. Oh, okay. Right? Like Got it. CEO was an artificial, like a robot. A machine. Yeah. A robot. Okay. Like that totally fascinates me. They don't need to take a paycheck, right? They need to be plugged in, but like they don't need a paycheck. But then that's interesting though, because if they, if, if the CEO was a robot, right? That means that the CEO can simulate everything that a human can. And if the machine learning model is that robust, then couldn't it start picking up um, the greed? It could. Right? It could. But why would hmm? it want to if it, like, I don't know, like, to me, like, but that's maybe the thing. Even if it's paired, Does it want? I don't know. And want is consciousness, and I don't know. So I that's do where it gets okay, like a little bit. Or, like, technology, like, there's going to be a point where, like, regardless, I, if you, nothing slows down, where technology just surpasses humans. To me, like humans become obsolete unless we pair and we, we merge with technology, right? Because oh. it's going to die. We've got to go explore. It will die. Like, become obsolete. So people, that's people trans- will become obsolete? I, I think we have to. Like, our plan is <laughs> it's going to die. I don't know. Yeah. So, like I said, anything is really possible. Um, I just... I would prefer not to. <laughs> I would, I, honestly. And there's like, okay, have you heard of Uncanny Valley? I think that's mm-hmm. what it's called, Uncanny Valley. It's when, you know, you're talking to or you're engaging with, interacting with um, what you believe to be a human. But then oh, something yeah, yeah. goes off just a little bit and then you realize, I'm talking to a robot. And what it does is it causes um, almost like a disruption of the spirit. Like you get so frustrated and you have like some sort of angry outburst, right? And it just really messes with your psyche. Um, and so that phenomenon, I definitely can see being problematic if we were able to get robots to um, really start simulating humans. Like, for instance, I don't like if I call like a company and then the, the robot sounds so human that I for like a yeah. split second, I start talking and then realize I'm talking to a robot. I don't like that. But can you imagine having a conversation with someone or sitting by what you believe was right a person? Now you don't. People didn't like talking to black people, right? People That's true. Talk, like, That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And so we begin to adapt, right? So like, I feel like it, it connects us. It makes us honestly like it connects it humans. Human. It makes like it makes us more human. It's like wow, like that's an what what makes me a human being? Okay, this is me. This is like I feel like it connects us. We're less focused on damn. You like women and you're a woman. Okay, mm-hmm. you like men and you're a man. Like that shit's bullshit. Like we're mm-hmm. human, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think it it forces us to be more human. Just be more. Who we are. Yeah. That's interesting. I did not Maybe it doesn't. Like, I don't know. It's the future. But. I, but you make a very, very good point because there's always been pushback. I mean, I, you know, there are so many examples even now of like folks have pushed back on, um, you know, ha- having self-serve um, cashiers, the gro- grocery store, mm-hmm. something like that. Like, oh, we're well, taking away jobs. But eventually we adapt. And I kind of like not waiting in long lines, right? Yeah, so yeah. now... <laughs> like industrial revolution. Yeah. Jobs were like, taken. Like, jobs were lost. So, Jobs I mean, we do, we do end up adapting for sure. I mean, and I, I've learned that uh, McDonald's and, and larger um, fast food um, corporations are starting to integrate artificial intelligence. And for my, for me, I'm thinking, okay, you know, how, how is that going to be perceived from the average person? Like, you know, are they really going to want to talk to a robot instead of, um, instead of, uh, an actual person. And eventually I believe that, you know, again, we will adapt and we'll find it to be actually very valuable. Right. Well, my order's not going to be messed up all the time. And so we're, and we're slowly getting to that. Right. I mean, I order my food on um, apps all the time these days. So it's just interesting how like it slowly begins to, you know, get you there. Um, but again, I just personally, 
I like humans to be humans and robots to be robots. <laughs> I don't need any other sort of <laughs> mixing of the two. But. I feel it. I'm the opposite. I wanna, <laughs> you want a you, you want a robot kids. friend? I want to. I again. I think we're gonna merge. I will be the first. Put a chip in my brain. Let's go. Let's. Oh, do this oh, you're that, you're that person. You're that person. Oh I'm gonna, wow. I'm okay. Be the best. Like I totally think immortality is gonna be a thing in our lifetime. Like, oh, I'm weird. Well, no. And so I, I don't know about immortality, but I do know because just statistic. Please speaking, right? The more the longer you stay alive, the more likely you are to get hit by a truck or something like that. Yeah, That's probability, true. right? Um, but uh, I read an article a while back, like anyone born after 2011, um, the technology, medical technology, will have advanced to the point where it'll be pretty hard yeah. <laughs> to die from natural causes or whatever. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, that's creepy to me too. I mean, there's an order to things. Like, do you really want to live forever? Are you asking me? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things to do. Do you? Like, things to see. Like, this is just one planet. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> talk to me about um, everything else. Like, what should everyday people, like, pay attention to? Like, what's emerging? What's coming? Um, what's exciting? Yeah. Well, I would say um, it's, it's difficult because um, telling someone to learn how to program that doesn't really know what that means doesn't really um, help encourage them anymore more right so I tell people again follow your curiosity what do you like right and then figure out um, how you can apply technology to that and that usually helps them to sort of um, break into the industry right Mm -hmm. so that's what I would tell people Um, but uh, one of the reasons why I am very excited about the future of technologies is that it's um, technology is becoming democratized so it's um, becoming increasingly accessible to people um, very robust um, and um, you know highly technical um, tools that used to be only for you know people who had a whole lot of money. It's becoming open source, yeah. right? And people um, that don't have a whole lot of money and just want to experiment and create now have access to them. Um, and so I'm I'm very excited about that because that means that we as creators can really create what we want, and that's super cool. Um, I mean, so I, I personally, I, I went to Marquette University, and so it was a great education. Um, but I also thank YouTube University <laughs> for um, helping me to get through school because um, there's just so much, so much information, right? Yeah. So much information out there um, on all sorts of topics, whether it be from machine learning, blockchain, um, just regular, you know, here's how you code. Um, so much information out there. I would tell people, um, start exploring, right? Do yourself some justice and explore um, because it's, it's necessary at this point, right? Um, Technology is not going away um, and it's right right there for you to use, right? I mean, so if you, if you like graphic design, so many tutorials. If you want to build an app, so many tutorials on here's how to start, right? Um, so leverage what's out there, yeah. right? And let it guide you. Oh, I love that. I remember like being like six years old and watching like Power Rangers or something like that, Batman, and um, imagining like just living in that universe. And then like in college, I met this guy that um, was building like virtual reality stuff, and I'm like, wow, like this stuff exists. Like, yeah. I can actually, go in that world. Like, yeah. things change, and like whatever yeah. you're imagining is totally possible. So I agree. exactly, exactly. Whatever you want to create, you can create these days. And it honestly, it just it makes me really excited. Um, I'm an artist. I use technology all the time. 
um, to advance like some of my goals, whether it be like um, for Jet Constellations, um, again, like, you know, creating the sticker, um, or um, I also want to get into film when I get in my 30s. <laughs> so I. When I get in your 30s? When I get in my 30s, yeah. <laughs> I now I'm gonna master something else no yeah. uh, but I mean there's so many resources out there that are you know helping me to sort of get a sense of what I want to do right and I can because they're they're right there at my fingertips the only thing is that you don't know what you don't know that's why it's so important for people like myself who do know to go and educate people and expose them right to all the amazing tools there's you know how like animated pictures like uh pixar um and toy story um bugs life right yeah so i asked myself like how does one do that i'm thinking it's so out of my reach like i have to go to some special class come to find out there's a whole youtube tutorial on how to create your own animated film and i've been following it <laughs> and i'm awesome. like what this- are you using I forget the name of it, unfortunately. I think it's I think it's Blender. Yes, it's Blender. Yeah, it's Blender. And so, um, yeah. So things like that, though. I wish somebody had told me that years ago. And then I don't know how long it's been around, but I I do wish that I had um, known it sooner. Um, And so it's important to tell people like, here's what's out here at your fingertips. Create what you want. I agree. Mm -hmm. Thousand percent. Mm And so this is a strange and purpose podcast. We're all misfits here. We're weird. I'm really weird. Um, and I just because I know a bit about your story and you were talking about something recently. Um, first off, a question we always ask is like, what makes you a misfit? What about you goes against the grain? What and how are you strange on purpose? Um, I do want you to answer that. But first, how am I a misfit? First. Okay. First, <laughs> you said um, like I was speaking. This is me talking like in your voice. I okay. was speaking. Um, in like giving this class or giving this presentation mm-hmm. and a guy stopped me he's like hey like you're not actually a data scientist like you don't know what you're talking about yeah. and he was so like yeah um, yeah to just take it away take it away so yeah that happened recently actually um and it it happens more often than you would think um is when people almost can't process or digest that i am a data scientist or that i am in computer science right because they have their own biases, right? And they, they have an idea of what a computer scientist is, what a scientist is in general. If I ask the average person to close their eyes and picture a scientist, I bet you they're not gonna picture anybody that looks like me. <laughs> um, more like Einstein, right? Um, and so, you know, I've, I've learned that it's, it's been, um, for some folks, it's difficult to digest um, who I am and who I confidently present myself to be. So when I say I'm a data scientist, um, sometimes people are like, you're not a data scientist. Tell me what neural networks is. And then when I tell them what neural networks is or whatever, um, uh, they um, they don't even accept it. <laughs> they just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like if you were ready for that question before is you you knew what you were talking about. So I, I'm learning to... Um, Maybe, I don't want to say not care, but not care <laughs> um, about uh, folks who have a hard time digesting um, that I am a, a black woman in computer science. Um, it's uh, very telling of you know, where we are in general, our society, when you know, I have to constantly have to prove um, my credentials 
but at the same time, it's, I think, you know, it's important to make sure that my energy and my attention is flowing in um, more positive things. So I, I try not to give my energy to um, folks who are only there to push back <laughs> because that's not, that's not my purpose in life, right? So if they don't want to believe that I'm a data scientist, so be it. <laughs> I love that. What would you say to people that are maybe in an industry or field or wanting to do something that um, either no one else has done before or they're in an industry where people don't look like them? Um, be yourself. Um, and I would hone in on your uniqueness, right? Leverage it. Um, you're there for a reason. I think a good example is, you know, interns. We're going into summer right now, and there's a lot of um, young folks that are stepping into new jobs, right? And there's summer internships, and they feel like, oh, there's so many experienced people around, and I'm so young. I just need to sit and listen or whatever. It makes them feel some type of way, and I would say that you're there for a reason. You have a unique perspective. Um, and um, I always tell myself, like, everybody – pulls up their pants one leg at a time or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, make sure that your voice is heard. Yeah. Um, and, and then one thing, I, I was once pulled um, pulled aside by my boss um, a, while, a while back, several jobs ago. And she would tell me, she's like, you know, it's obvious that you're, you know, the black woman <laughs> in um, the room and uh, most times the only one. Um, and you've got big hair, a big floating fro is what she called it. She was like, uh, do you want to be, um, you know, the, the girl that's, you know, obvious, right, but not speaking? Or do you want to actually, you know, make your voice heard? Because everybody knows you're there. <laughs> um, and so that sort of helped me to realize, like, you know, I, I should definitely make sure that my voice is being heard um, and sharing my perspective. Um, because it's, it's necessary, it's needed, and I have a purpose in that room. So that's the advice that I would give to others, take, take on that perspective. I love that. And before like, we close out, I do want to dive into what you're doing now. One aspect of what you're doing now mm -hmm. that fascinates me. Um, it's this idea of like, reshaping the narrative of an entire city, mm -hmm. which is so, so fascinating to me and so needed in this city. So how are you going about doing that? What are some things that you're looking at? Yeah, so Jet Constellations is branding Milwaukee as the Milky Way Tech Hub and doing so um, by sparking people's curiosity, right? So using that name, that brand to make folks say, like, what is that? Make them kind of lean in, right, or turn their head um, and in my direction and say, you know, explain more, right? So that's one strategy. It's just leveraging that, that name, right, and getting the brand out there. Um, but also making sure that I'm building a community with people, right? Um, which has been quite the experience thus far. So once a month, I host uh, the Milky Way Tech Hub meetup, and um, it's open to the to the general public. Anybody can come, and the idea is to talk about tech, right? But also talk about how we can together collectively um, execute strategies that help Milwaukee to transform into the most inclusive tech hub in the nation. And it's been amazing thus far. We've gotten so many ideas and we've been able to execute on a lot of things as well. Um, so just building community. And I want to say the, the last or one of the more um, important things that we're also focusing on is creating partnerships with tech companies. So there are tech companies um, 
small, large, mid-sized, right, that have shown interest in what we're doing. And so I, I just simply ask, like, you know, do you support diversity in tech? Believe it or not. There, there was, Hard question to say no to. Yeah, but <laughs> I have received some no's, believe it really? or not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we need artificial <laughs> Um And... Uh, you know, typically they say yes. And I say, so will you be an official partner of the Milky Way and uh, make the bold statement that you absolutely support diversity in tech? And um, the goal was to get as many companies on board with the strategy um, and see where we can take it. That's awesome. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how everything plays out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really cool venture for me, and I'm learning a lot, and that's really what it's all about. It's completely outside of my comfort zone, <laughs> making these videos on LinkedIn um, to bring awareness very much outside of my comfort zone, but I know I'm growing. Um, it's just, um, it's been an amazing experience thus far. It's awesome. So where can people go to learn more, to get engaged in one of these events from the community or become a partner. Yeah, most people are on Facebook or Instagram. So just um, query Jet Constellations and you'll see all the information that um, will link you to um, our website, our blog, our events, and our podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Yep. I don't know why, but I fist bump everybody and then I say I don't know why I fist bump everybody. (laughs) Dope shit. Good stuff.